speak to you in the name of the one living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I think every city has that place, that place where each day a group of unemployed folk, usually men, but not always all men, gather in hopes that early one morning someone will come by and offer them work for the day at a fair wage, work that will allow them to get through the next week or maybe just the next day. In Birmingham, that place is in the northwest quadrant of downtown, a part of downtown where gentrification hasn't reached yet. I know in Anniston, it's on the north steps to the courthouse, and it plays out all over, all over this state. But wherever it is, when you come upon this gathering, it is a very, very poignant scene. What you have is a gathering of people who are desperate, who are hoping upon hope that someone will come offering work, and not only that, will choose them among all those who are there for work that day. These are desperate people, and you can see it in how they stand and sit. You can see it in their body language. You can see it in their faces. Today's gospel lesson reveals to us the reality that this is not something new in the American culture This gathering of day laborers hoping for work has gone on around the globe for millennia. And so Jesus used this well-known event as a vehicle through his parable to talk about some issues. He wanted to talk about, first of all, he wanted to talk about the issue of our culture's view of status. He wanted to talk about arrogance, and he also wanted to address the theology, a a theology that was prevalent in the first century that goes like this, that in order to attain salvation, you've got to consistently follow God's laws. Only by following God's laws, day by day, week by week, year by year, can you attain salvation. And when you think about it, It's not an unknown theology today, is it? How many of us have from time to time wondered, am I living a good enough life? Am I doing enough of God's work? How many churches promote the notion that only by doing these works on behalf of the kingdom of Christ can we attain salvation? And Jesus today takes that notion to task. Now, the parable the parable is primarily a setup. The whole story is really a setup for the very end of the parable, the encounter, the conflict, if you will, between the landowner and the day workers who have worked all day long. When they see that those who have worked for, for six hours and four hours and three hours and one hour have gotten exactly the same wage and then they get that same wage, which by the way was a denarii, they are incensed. They grumbled against the landowner. They said, you have made them the equal of us. 
Here's what they were doing. Not fair. Anybody ever seen a child do that? Not fair. You have made them the equal of us. This is viewing the whole dynamic through a lens of status. You see, these day-long day workers thought that they deserved better status, better standing, because they had worked longer, had worked harder than the others. And the response, the response by the landowner is really unassailable, isn't it? He says, am I not free to do what I choose with what I have? And here's the irony of, there are two ironies associated with this situation. These day workers are using this lens of status to look at the situation. When you think about it, in the, in the status of the world, whether it's the first century or it's today, day workers are pretty low on the rungs of the ladder, aren't they? And yet, and yet this shows, it shows a reality that we all, don't we, we all intuitively somewhere in here want to be able to say that with respect to my status, at least I'm better, my status is higher than him or higher than her. Isn't that the natural course of things. And then, then the landowner says this, are you envious because I am good? Now that translation of the Greek is fine, but there's a better, a more accurate translation, which is this, is your eye evil because I am good? I love that that picture it paints of an evil eye. And who among us here hasn't been guilty of casting that evil eye at somebody else, that evil eye that comes from jealousy, especially when we see others who are getting some type of reward, maybe the same reward we have for what we perceive as far less effort. And so Jesus, of course, in this parable, who is the landowner? The landowner is God. Who are the day workers, the, the, the day-long working day workers, well, they're the long-suffering church workers, the ones who are there not only on Sunday morning, but are there throughout the week doing the work. And Jesus says, everybody gets God's grace. Not only the people who are there every Sunday, not only the people who are there on Sunday and throughout the week, but the people who come once in a while, the people who come once or twice a year, the people who never come at all, all receive God's grace. And for those of us who are at church a lot, let's face it, that's a little bit difficult pill to swallow, isn't it? That's what Jesus says. So, the moral, if you will, of this parable is simple, isn't it? As the song said, I guess it was about 15 years ago, don't worry, be happy. No, that's not the moral of the story. You see, what we have here is a situation where, as Paul Harvey would say, we need to know the rest of the story. 
You see, here's another, people, y'all listen to me for two and a half years, you know that from time to time I get put out with the lectionary writers because they skip stories. And this is a perfect example. We have this, this lovely, important parable, but they skipped over the story immediately before it, the story of the rich young man. And we need to look at these two stories in context with each other. You all know the story of the rich young man. Guy comes up to Jesus and says, hey, Rabbi, got to know, got to know, what must I do to, uh, to attain eternal life? And Jesus looks back at him and says, well, number one, you got to follow all of the commandments. And he starts listing some for them. The young man says, not a problem, not a problem. Check, 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 check. I've done them all since, since I was a, a, a child. Jesus says, that's good, that's good. There's one more thing. you got to take everything you own and sell it. And then take those proceeds, take that money, and give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And, of course, we know the rich young man turns away and goes back home sadly because, as it says, he had many possessions. Well, forget about him going away. What were Jesus' instructions? Isn't Jesus saying, you got to do these, take these steps, A, B, C, and D, to attain heaven, to earn heaven? Yeah. That's what he says. So wait a minute. How do we square the story of the rich young man and the parable of the day workers. Here, Jesus is asking us to do something that may be uncomfortable, to hold at the same time intention to seemingly irreconcilable ideas. The idea that God demands that we obey God, do God's work here, and then at the same time, the same time, understand that everybody is the recipient of God's grace. It's that grace is given indiscriminately. In other words, what we're asked here is to do this hard work for God. Try to make this earth a little closer to the kingdom of God in heaven. And at the same time, be happy, be genuinely happy for those who don't do that and receive God's grace. How can we do that? How can we, how can we even hold these two seemingly contradictory ideas in tension? Well, there's an answer. And for that answer, I go to John Calvin. Calvin is one of the giant theologians in Christendom. He, uh, he lived, he was a contemporary with Martin Luther and the Middle Ages, he wrote and preached volumes of material. Now, I want to be candid and transparent here. I don't much like John Calvin. There's a whole lot of stuff that John Calvin wrote and preached that I simply don't agree with. That's okay. If Calvin were walking here today, he'd say, I don't much agree with this guy, Randy. So that's fine. But we can set all that aside today because on this point that we're talking about today, John Calvin is spot on. 
Here's what Calvin wrote about this. He said, if, if we approach doing God's work with the attitude that I must do this either to curry favor with God or to avoid God's punishment, then we are nothing more than the day laborers. We're doing this work because we feel like we have to do this work, and it is drudgery. On the other hand, if we approach doing God's work on this earth as an opportunity, a gift, a chance to spread the joy of knowing God, then that work is anything but drudgery. It is joyful. And if we look at these two, these two stories through that lens, through Calvin's lens, we see that they mesh well. Because yes, even those who come to the party late, they are all, just like you and me, they are all the recipient of God's grace. But, but, they miss out. They miss out on that opportunity to have the joy of doing God's work. This whole idea, those of you who know me well know that I love my prayer book for a lot of reasons, and one of them is it's full of great prayers. There's a prayer from our morning office, a colic from our morning office, that begin, the first two, I'm not going to read the whole prayer, but the first two lines speak to this, and I love it. By the way, it's on page 99 if you want to look it up at some point. Oh God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. So yes, God's grace extends to everybody, but the opportunity to serve God is perfect freedom and is joy. And so, I guess is, with respect to this issue, if John Calvin were to walk in here today, he'd have a question for us. And his question would be this, is doing God's work, is serving Christ drudgery for you? Or is it joy? How do you feel? Amen.